So those of you who have been following my podcast for a while now know that for the last few months, I've been increasingly having what is called synchronistic events where I'm experiencing time in a sort of backwards manner. What I mean by that is I will either say something on my podcast or experience something, come to some sort of realization, and then a week, a day, a month later, I will encounter a book, read a book, um, watch a show, interact with something that was written hundreds of years ago or a decade ago, whatever, confirming or explicitly stating something that I just said or conclusion I just reached. And the way I would come across these media um, would be by, you know, accidents or accident or happenstance. And um, the really big event was my, I guess, quote, March 20th prediction. I'm hesitant to call it a prediction, but that you know, the stay-at-home order. And I think back in February, I watched something that pointed to March 20th. And I kept saying I want everybody to stay home. Everybody that I cared about to stay home. And then like a month later, the entire world uh, was locked down because of the coronavirus thing. So that has been happening. And it's just been getting stronger and stronger. Um, and... I have been feeling as though I have been prompted or I'm being prompted or being communicated with, not by words, um, but through feeling, through intuition, through experience, through something just driving my gut instincts to either read a book or watch something. And sometimes it's not even me. It's, you know, people around me suggesting I watch something. And then by watching that show or reading a book, I get confirmation of a theory that I had either explicitly, you know, spoken about on my podcast or written down or whatever it is. Um, And it's happened so much now that everyone that I've been discussing this with, my friends, my family, and my husband, they're starting to take note of just the inverse um, way in which I'm more or less experiencing my life. Um, If what I'm saying isn't making sense, just keep listening. I guarantee you I will try to expand on it even more going forward. But hang in there. So the basis of my podcast, and you guys who've been with me since day one thank you by the way um but you guys can kind of hear how I've been kind of growing and how I've been evolving it started off as just sort of a social commentary podcast and it has kind of evolved into a deeper exploration on the nature of our reality the true nature of our reality not what we've been programmed to believe but what actually is going on you know and i have been pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to stretch stretch the limits of my perception not only of this world but of 
everything of literally everything, even down to the way we experience time. I have kind of said this in particularly in the last previous episodes and dealing with, um, you know, the programming of white supremacy and how, you know, there are a lot of really innocent people out there of all cultures who didn't even realize that they were by their actions exercising and practicing a system of white supremacy and they were being either bound by or programmed by or you know unconsciously motivated by white supremacy programming right and my thought process was you know a lot of people now obviously are waking up to the fact like oh shit like I didn't realize that what I was doing what I was saying was racist right and other people of color are saying you know yeah we were conscious of this but for some reason you know whites um we're unable to see how their actions affect other people by no fault of their own, right? As what I've discussed um, explicitly in the last few episodes is that it's the system of programming. So I want you guys to focus on that. I, I don't want you to focus on the race um, because ultimately you're, that's an identification that you're being forced and programmed to identify with. That's another type of programming. Everything is programming. So when you identify to a race, you identify with the body. And when you identify with the body, the program, our simulated reality, feels more real, right? So every time you identify with the body that your consciousness is presently experiencing, you kind of lock yourself into a particular mode of thinking and the true nature of reality, the simulated nature of reality more or less escapes you because you think, okay, I'm this body, I'm a black person, I'm a white person, I am a, an Asian person, I'm a Mexican person. When you accept these labels, the labels define you and they define your perception of reality and the way you behave. You get locked in, you get, you know, pulled in. I, th- I think, you know, you guys understand what I'm saying. So I want you to break from identification of whatever image that you see in the mirror. And I'll say this, when you dream, I know for me, um, I can take on the characteristics and the persona of any race, right? So I don't control my dreams, not not a lot of them anyway. Most of my dreams are still pretty um, free-flowing. But occasionally when I do and I'm able to kind of look to see what body I'm wearing, what skin I'm wearing, I'm different ethnicities. I've been I've been a soldier in a Vietnam War before. I've been a blonde older woman, right? I've been a man, right? I've been a European man. I, I've been any and everything. And then I wake up into this one and this is just a consistent skin that I'm wearing in this incarnation. So you guys need to understand that while you're in the dream, right, you think you're whatever skin, whatever persona, whatever entity your consciousness happens to be embodying in that dream. And the same very much applies to this world, to this consistent dream that we're all collective, collectively experiencing, right, the simulation. Um, so... Hold on to that mindset. So as I was saying, you know, through time, I've just sort of been trying to challenge. I've been pushed, motivated, driven, whatever word you want, guided, 
right, by an entity, a, a, a force of will, not malevolent, obviously, something I think neutral. It just wants me to know that there is a presence here and I'm not necessarily alone. And I've been driven to challenge my preconceived notions of everything, of everything. And so a couple of days ago, I had an experience where I had said, I think it was Friday, I said, okay, I definitely am experiencing so many things that are so synchronistic to the point where I can't dismiss it as mere coincidence anymore. I mean, I am experiencing a plague of what you would call coincidence and plague. I don't mean it with a negative connotation. I just, there's no other word, an onslaught, there you go, an onslaught of coincidence and deja vu rapidly. Like it, it's almost to the point where like I'm saying things as people are saying them or sometimes I say it before they say it. Um, or I'll say something and then like a few moments later, like a show that we're watching, the character in the TV show will say the same thing. Or I'll, quote, predict something that's going to happen, right? In the news or whatever. And then like a week later, it happens. Um, so that's been happening more and more. This is not typical of my my life experience at all. And so much so that you guys can even, and I've left the older episodes down, you know, for a reason. You can kind of see the things that I would talk about when the episode, when the show first started. It was just kind of just, you know, jokes and just random things that I had on my mind. And, um, but as I've kind of, I don't want to use the word evolved, but as time has progressed, um, my mind has been focusing and focused on, you know, exactly what I've been talking about most recently about the true nature of this reality. And I'm saying that because I, over the last for sure the last year and a half, I have been driven towards a revelation. And I think that I had that full-on revelation yesterday. So two days ago, I kind of just sat and I just, it was, you know, a day after day after day of just being, you know, bombarded by synchronistic events and coincidences and deja vu not to mention like every time I would look at the clock I would see like 11 11 333 right like 12 12 like constantly and so I was like all right okay all right something is clearly trying to get my attention fine I'm gonna go to audible and I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm not going to listen to any samples I'm just going to quote unquote randomly choose three books that um, that I feel intuitively driven towards to read. And then let's see if there's a message there or something's trying to communicate with me, okay? So I open up Audible, I look down, um, and one book, it said that, you know, recommended or whatever came up. So I, I tapped on it. I couldn't even tell you the name of the book because I ended up returning it after I read it. Um, I, I think it was A New World, but the first book I read, it was like kind of weird. It was having to do with like extraterrestrials who are trying to communicate with human beings and the way they do so, or the reason why they're doing so is because they 
are entities and he likened them to, to AI and he said that they are entities that are able to perceive the future so there is no really excitement for them so they kind of latch on to us to human beings because of our inability to kind of predict the future and he said that the way they communicate reminds him of something that would be like a mechanical and um he said that they were more or less like predator like they view us in the way we would view like a dog or something like that i that whole ideology didn't sit right with me with my gut with my intuition um so I returned the book and honestly I couldn't tell if the guy was being serious or not if he was writing a fictional story and as I returned the book I saw that he had actually written like other like books and they were fiction so I just eh, I I took what I wanted what I was supposed to take from it which was that you know there are entities out there that are able to perceive their own futures um and so that was the message I felt intuitively that I was supposed to get from the book. Um, and so I held on to that. Okay. And then after I returned it, I went back to Audible and I said, okay, what's next? And there is an author who's one of my favorite authors. His name is Anthony Peake. And the last time I checked, he only had like two books on Audible, which I owned. And so I was prompted to go and search Anthony Peake again. And so I did. And in May, which was, the, I guess, I hadn't looked him up recently because, like I said, I had all of his books. But in May, he put out his one of his older books, The Damon. And so I bought that. I ended up returning the book because it was basically the same as his Is There Life After Death book. Um, no real new information, so I returned it. But as I was listening, I still had this intuitive feeling that I was being prompted to listen to this book because somebody, something wanted me to review the information about a daemon and... If you haven't heard of Anthony Peake, I would suggest that you check out the book and maybe start with the Damon if you haven't purchased Is There Life After Death? Um, because Is There Life After Death kind of starts off with uh, quantum physics, which can put a bunch of people, you know, can put people off. Um, whereas I think the Damon is more focused on the anecdotal evidence of our daemon. So he argues in the daemon that you are, there's two sides of you. You have two selves. You have your body, right? Your lower self, your present self. And then you have your higher self, which is what people throughout history have referred to as their daemon that has basically already lived your life before and has lived your life several times. And so can direct your paths um, to whatever path, I guess, most benefits you. Um, so he said, you know, Socrates mentioned his daemon. Um, Joan of Arc also had talked about her daemon that had led her towards everything that she experienced in life and, the you know, the battles and the victories that she had for her country. Um, so I would recommend that book. And so after I read that, I said, okay, let's just, you know, I've read Is There Life After Death? 
this is kind of a rehash on it, but the memory of what he wrote was now like even that much more ingrained in my mind, you know, and he talked about the Gnostics who said that, you know, the construct, who believed that this construct or reality is fake. Um, and he talked about um, the fact that when you die at the end of your life, you basically your life flashes before your eyes kind of thing and then you can relive your life again and he said at the last moment of your life that moment kind of splits and slits and slits and splits and so within the splitting of time your consciousness can kind of relive that same life now in my in my opinion and explaining it to you you know i'm sure you guys are probably thinking the same thing like that was kind of hard for me to grasp because i didn't understand what he meant like as you're dying, you're basically stuck in time and then you're, you travel back and relive your life again. Well, what happens to your body? Like he didn't really do a good job of explaining that, at least in my opinion, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's just my understanding of what was happening. No matter how many times I'd read that book, as well as his other book, Labyrinth of Time, you know, and then he talks about pretty heady stuff. Like he talks about how your mind is just like a, your brain is a hologram and it has stored within it like everything you'll ever experience, right? So all of this stuff, it's like it's great in theory, but I couldn't really quite grasp what he really meant or what I was supposed to ascertain from that. Like I understood that, okay, your higher self, your your future self, and that was my understanding. He didn't use the terminology future self. He said higher self. But what I took from that was that your future self can retroactively guide you. Yeah? And so I got that in theory, but I couldn't quite grasp it. I couldn't quite connect with what he was saying. So even after reading Is There Life After Death, like several times, and even after finishing The Daemon, I, I got it, you know, in theory that life is a loop, you know, that you loop the same thing over and over again, and that there's a kind of a higher consciousness that knows what you're gonna experience and then can kind of guide you through it and help you prevent certain things from happening that you might have regretted in the last incarnation like i got that but what he did was he utilized the video game analogy which was basically an out of body experience right so to speak in the sense of there is something outside of you that controls you right the way you would control a vr character and you know with his writings and then all the things that i'd read about the simulation hypothesis and everything that i studied about quantum physics and many world interpretations and um you know the schrodinger's cat experiment things like that that was kind of the conclusion that i was leaning towards so after i finished that book and i returned it um all of a sudden like i heard like a voice not it wasn't an audible voice it came through as a thinking voice so it wasn't like external but it was a voice it was my voice i guess and it said look up blake crouch and i was like blake crouch like what is that like is that a real person's name um and i had read a book by blake crouch before you know um i'm not good with names um, but for some reason, that name kind of stuck to me. But a couple of years ago, I'd read another one of his books. And I realized this, you know, after the fact, right, of, okay, let me go search for it. 
Um, a couple of years ago, I had read one of his books. I don't typically read fiction at all. Like I'm a nonfiction kind of person. But in that book, he wrote, I can't even tell you the name of the book. I can't remember the author's name, which is weird for me, but I can't tell you the name of the book. Um, but it has a red cover. If you want to check it out, just type in Blake Crouch in Audible or Amazon or whatever you like to, you know, eBay, wherever you like to get your books. And um, in it, he wrote about this guy who basically they use a machine and he can travel through parallel universes. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, but I returned that book because I didn't like the way it ended. Like, I didn't think that he get, he did a good enough job of like articulating the fact that when he's interacting with parallel versions of himself, they're not him. Like, they're just other consciousness, right? Other entities that are just having to wear his skin, right? In parallel worlds. And that to me, I was like, you could do something with that. You can explain that. Maybe obviously he didn't know, otherwise he would have put that in there. Or maybe he just thought that's a hard enough concept for people to grasp. But for me, as you guys know, who listen to the podcast, I I don't, I've said, and even in this episode, I've said, like, you don't, don't identify with the body that you see in the mirror because like, my name is Joe, but in a parallel world, there is another Joe, but that Joe isn't me because the consciousness that's controlling that Joe, right, is not my consciousness. It's a different consciousness, right? So that was important to me that he kind of made that note. And a lot of sci-fi stuff that I watch that deals with that, that, ta- that deals with parallel universes, never really addresses the fact that other versions of yourself that you're interacting with aren't necessarily you it's just another consciousness right another entity that's wearing basically your dna you know suit that's it like a like if i drove past like if i drive a porsche right 911 and i drove past another porsche 911 right those are parallel bodies parallel vehicles but the driver in that porsche 911 is not me and it's the same with your body. And so I returned the book because I felt like he could have really, you know, explained that. And and he didn't. And like I said, he probably didn't know or thought it was too convoluted and just wanted the right story. And it was a good story. Um, <clears throat> but he had, when I searched up his name, he had actually put out this book um, called Recursion. And I think I remember like listening to a sample of it. And it was about false memory syndrome. It was a woman who like committed suicide because she remembered having this whole other life, but then um in but her memory of a of her other life, of a parallel life, felt just as real as the life that she was living. And she had a husband and she had a child and then all of a sudden she was like a stockbroker in New York, no husband and no child, but she remembered, you know, both lives. And she wanted to connect with her husband from, I guess, the other life that she remembered, but he was married to somebody else. And so she basically killed herself. So when I listened to the sample like a couple of years ago, um, it's like 2018 or whatever, I, I thought, mm, that's an interesting story. But remember, I'm not like a, I'm not a fiction person i'll watch sci-fi i love watching sci-fi but as far as books i feel like i can learn more from like actual information than from stories so i didn't really bother with it and i tabled it so after reading this one book they basically talked about these 
creatures that he, you know, attributed to being aliens, extraterrestrials. And he said that these entities are capable of viewing their all of their, you know, future life. So nothing is a, a surprise for them. And they need us to sort of, to, I mean, in, in my opinion, what he was ex- explaining is to form a parasitic connection with us um, so that they can kind of live through us. And to me, I thought that that was gross. But what I got from that book was that there are entities that are capable of viewing their own future. So that was the first thing I was supposed to get. And then I watched, or I rather listened to um, The Damon by Anthony Peake. And that was like a reinforcement of the first tier of foundation from what I, you know, grabbed from that first book. And then the second tier was The Damon, which was basically Anthony Peake, you know, suggesting and successfully supporting his arguments, by the way, that your your higher self is basically a version of yourself that had already lived your life before going back in time or coming back through time and guiding you to different paths, right? And if you've only had, if this is your first life and you've never lived this version of your life before, then you won't have that guidance and you also won't experience deja vu, right? So that was the second. And this is in 24 hours. I, I listened to books like 3x speed, as some of my regular listeners know. So I'm able to read two to three books in about two days or so. Um, and so I did. And so so that was the second tier of something that was basically trying to inform inform me of that. And then the third tier was this recursion book. So I looked up Blake Crouch. So I was surprised that I even was able to remember his name. And I saw this recursion book and I scrolled through to try to see other books. But I felt this urge, like this nudging. No, no, no. The yellow cover. Read that. So I got it. I hit play. I start painting and I'm listening to it. And my mind is blown. My mind is blown. Very few things blow my mind lately. Um, even after everything that I've explained to you that has been happening, you know, in my life, I, I'm rarely like, oh my God. But yeah, oh my God. Like he... So in the story, I don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't read it. So I'm going to see if I can explain to you. But basically, the whole book deals with a different concept of time travel. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that and I'll say, go read the book because I don't want to spoil it for you. But, but... I'm going to sidestep that foundation to say, one, I was definitely led to read those three books by my future self or something or something that wants me to think that it's my future self. I clearly have trust issues, but the three books back to back to back all basically said that there are entities that are capable of seeing into the future. And I would argue, and I think in that book, he actually said the first book, I think it was called A New World. He said that every species has a young version of itself that looks different from an older version of itself. So, for example, a butterfly, when it's young, it's a larva, right, or larvae, whatever, 
um, and it looks significantly different from a butterfly, right? So a larvae is a worm that eventually grows into a butterfly. Um, if you see even like a, a cub, right, you have a small baby cub that eventually grows into this like magnificent lion, right? So that was another thing that he said in that book that I was like, okay, that's, that's mind expanding, that's eye opening. And so he said that these entities that we think of as either AI or aliens or extraterrestrials could very well be future versions of the human race. So what we're seeing right now is, um, you know, we're like the, the, the pupa, right? Or the, the larva of humanity. So we can somehow glimpse into the future, you know, through, you know, premonitions, um, you know, you, you see these mediums or whatever on TV, the, you know, most of them are fake, but there are some who are capable of seeing along their own timeline, right? So you have those sort of things. Um, and then you've seen what I've basically explained. And there's obviously proof if you just go back and listen to my podcast, particularly the ones that were published back in February. <clears throat> you know, the, these are train of thought kind of episodes. So I'm not writing this stuff down. I'm just telling you guys exactly what I'm experiencing as candidly as I can, because I'm also trying to experience explain and understand it myself as I'm experiencing it, right? So there is an ability to to foresee your own future. We have it. It might be a latent ability, but it is there, right? We are capable of doing it because I've seen myself, I've experienced myself doing it. Now, Whatever it is that guided me to those three books, basically, these are the messages that I got from it all in a very short amount of time. From reading the first book, what we think of as AI or extraterrestrials or both, like what we're, what we're doing right now with AI, for example, might very well lead to us incorporating this technology into our brains, into our minds, right? And then we eventually, quote, I don't want to say evolve because like you could, you know, a butterfly isn't the evolved version of a larva, right? It's just a phase. It's, just, it's what happens. So in the future, perhaps we end up integrating artificial intelligence into our brains, allowing us the ability to foresee different events, to alter our own timeline to, to choose different timelines that we want to experience and more or less escape death. When you do that, you become a whole other species. And so what his implication was in that first book, I believe it's called A New World. I couldn't tell you the author. If I do remember, I will put it in the description of this episode. But in it, he's basically saying that these entities basically are now, they don't like the life that they have, the life forms that they've become. And so they have come back to, well, he doesn't explicitly say they've come back, but I'm, that's what I'm gathering is that they've come back 
through time to more or less feed off of our inability to see our own futures because they somehow get joy from it, right? So they've become these entities that have no joy, no love, no emotions, really. And that's what we kind of become by melding with AI. And their solution is to come back and kind of attach themselves to our present forms so that they can have a more rich experience, a more life ex- rich life experience that they more or less use technology to um, evolve out of. I'm just going to keep using evolve because I can't think of any other word right now. Um, but know that I don't mean it in the Darwinian sense. Know that I mean it more in the sense of uh, like a, a larva versus a, a butterfly, right? Okay, so that was what I was directed to get, you know, to get from that first book. And like I said, I would not have chosen that book. I don't know where that book came from. It just showed up. I was prompted to click on it, so I went with it, and I got that. Then the second book, The Daemon, was basically saying your future self can communicate with you and can guide you. And then the third book, Recursion, literally the whole fucking book, excuse my language, I'm trying not to cuss as much, um, but the whole book is about a guy and a woman who literally they build this machine that allows people to, to travel through time using their brain and their body just as is and I, I, I'm trying to avoid spoiling it and I don't know if I should just say fuck it and just tell you guys the story but I don't want you, I don't want to I, I want I do want you guys to read the book because I want you to have that same whoa experience that I have and I don't want to take that away from you um but what I want to say is this okay if you told somebody a hundred years ago a hundred years ago 1920 okay that in a hundred years, there would be self-driving cars, like vehicles, right, made of metal and plastic. I said it's plastic now mostly, um, but made from oil. <laughs> there you go. If you told people, because I don't think they had plastic in the 1920s. So if you told people a hundred years ago that people would be driving vehicles made from oil, more or less, predominantly for, from oil and metal, that had things like a GPS system, um, you know, Wi-Fi that would allow you to navigate through town on a map that basically told you where you wanted to go. They would have a really difficult time conceptualizing that because they just, there's nothing that exposes them to that level of technology or expose them to that level of technology in 1920. Yeah. So, it would be a hard concept for them to grasp. But obviously, it's, we're fully capable of them of doing that now. If you told a person 200 years ago, if you told a king 200 years ago, imagine being able to see somebody, see somebody without them being physically in front of you and having a full-on, in-real-time conversation with them and their thousands of miles away on a black screen, they would call you a fucking witch <laughs> and they would burn you, right? Because that's scrying. That's using a black mirror to scry, right? 
but that's what we're doing now. We're, our phone is a black mirror. Google black mirror. It's, it's, it's scroll past the bullshit about the TV show and look up or Google black mirror and witchcraft and you'll see what I mean. So black mirror was a way in which witches um, would use to communicate with the dead and with spirits in alternate timelines or in alternate dimensions, not alternate timelines, sorry, alternate dimensions. Yeah. And they would have called you a witch. But we do this every day now when we FaceTime and we take that shit for granted. So what I'm saying is, imagine what we are presently capable of in our future. And when I say presently capable of in our future, I'm speaking to the fact that time is an illusion all of time is happening right now. And I can make the argument that all the probable realities that you can experience and will experience is stored in your brain right now. It's that same brain that you travel with that's going to travel with you to your final destination or your future destination. But that's all in it. You have access to all those experiences right now. And it's just, time is just the frame rate that kind of slows everything down so that you can experience the story of your life rather than everything happening at one time. So for example, my, when I talked to my husband about this, he said, well, why can't a five-year-old then have access to the information that say his 90-year-old self does? And I said, think of your brain as a, a movie on a DVD. Right, The beginning of the story and the end of the story and the middle of the story is all contained in that DVD. Most people, when they hit play, are capable of, you know, are able to, rather, watch the story from the beginning to end. Right, The movie doesn't progress as you're watching the movie. It's already been done. You're just experiencing it at the frame rate, right, of whatever FPS, you know, per second or whatever that you are you have it set to to play but all the information is contained in that one dvd now some people me um (laughs) i did this thing i don't know if i mentioned this in the podcast where um i wanted to watch shows watch the last episode of a show first and then go back and watch it from the beginning and it was just something that I randomly, quote unquote, randomly came up with. And I did this for the show You on Netflix. So I watched the very last episode of season two. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? And that, But I knew everything that was, gonna go, that was going to happen because that last episode basically recapped the first two seasons, but tied it up, you know, beautifully. And then I went back and watched it from the beginning, which made the show even more intriguing to me. And I was just like, why do people even watch shows from beginning to end? Like, it's more fun to watch how it ends. For me, it's more fun to watch how it ends and then go back and see how they got to the ending. I forget what the quote, who said this quote, but I believe the quote goes something to the effect of life is the only thing that can be understood backwards but has to be lived, you know, forwards, right? So when you are in your deathbed and you go and you look back on your life, everything, your whole experience makes more sense in reverse. But you had to live it from beginning to, quote, end. 
um, in order to understand why you made the choices that you did and what prompted you to make the choices that you were making, you know, in your past. Now, I could make the argument that it was your future, it was the events in your future that determined what you did in your past. So because, like I've said, what I do, what I've been doing is flipping everything that I've known about this reality on its head. So we're challenging everything that we've been pre-programmed to believe. So we're, we're programmed to think that life happens from left to right, from you know youth to old age. But I've been flipping it upside down and going, okay, do I like this music? This song that I'm listening to for the very first time, do I immediately develop an affinity for it because it's already one of my favorite songs in the future? Right? And I've talked about this in episodes, particularly earlier episodes from this year. Um, so that's how I've been kind of more looking, for, looking at life. Not in a linear fashion, but like in reverse. Thinking about how my future is more or less impacting my present now. And I'm coming to the conclusion that a lot of these synchronistic events and experiencing that experiences that I've been having are more or less a future version of myself communicating with my present self now, if not just guiding me or living through me or me just remembering the future. So I'm saying all that to basically drive you to this point. So imagine a future 50 years from now. Don't dismiss it as improbable, but imagine a future 50 years from now. Two things. First thing, before I forget, we keep looking to the skies, expecting these vehicles that we see, these orbs that we see to be entities from another world, right? They've come, they're traveling in our minds. We, we limit extraterrestrials to our own understanding of technology, so we think that any sort of entity that's going to come to us, to our planet, any sort of extraterrestrial, any sort of alien that's going to come visit us, they're going to travel through space. Yeah, millions and millions and millions of you know, light years away, they're going to develop a technology to travel through space. And we give them the benefit, right? We say, okay, well, they're going to use you know, machines that are going to travel you know, at crazy light speeds, faster than the speed of light, but we are limiting them, we're limiting entities that are more advanced than us to our understanding of physics and our understanding of technology. Why would they fucking do that? Right? If I was living in, imagine our present moment now, okay, and I'm living in an Amazonian rainforest, right, and all I could, all I know about travel is to use a, a boat or a canoe. And I've never left the, for, the rainforest, so I don't know about the existence of ships. I don't know about the existence of sailboats. I don't know about, um, you know, just regular-ass boats. But I also don't know about the existence of fucking airplanes. So in my mind, if I were to sit and try to conceptualize aliens for some reason, I would imagine that they would just show up in more advanced boats, 
right? Super fast boats. I wouldn't even think about them being able to fly or human beings for that matter, being able to fly, to use planes, right? Because, or I wouldn't even imagine cars, right? Because my understanding of what humanity is capable of is limited to my own experiences. And all I can do is just say, well, anything that's more advanced than I am would just use more advanced versions of things that I'm already familiar with. You got to stop thinking like that. Extraterrestrials, if they're going to come, I would argue they're already here. If they're going to come, they're not going to be coming the long ass way. They're not going to travel more or less what we think of as the equivalent of sailing through space and a spaceship, ship, spaceship, right? They're not going to sail through space, even if we think it's, oh, well, their spaceships would be faster than ours. No, they're going to use fucking wormholes. They're going to use black holes. They're going to cut through dimensions. They would have developed the technology that would allow them to jump realities using quantum computers. They're not going to take the slow ass way. Like if you had a choice to choose between shipping something from China, if you order things from China um, or flying it by FedEx, what's going to get here faster? Yeah, the plane. Right. So we're thinking, well, our fastest technology is a plane, right, is a jet. So they're just going to travel via jet, you know, but faster via what we call a spaceship. No, they're not. They're ahead of us. We're remedial compared to them, if that's the argument, that they're technologically advanced. They're not going to go through space. They're going to go through time. They're not going to go through space. They're going to go through time. So just like when you ship something by boat, you're going on water compared to traveling by air. Right, it's two different things. We're expecting entities to travel by space. But there's another dimension, which is time. There's another dimension of quantum physics that deals with quantum realities. They're just gonna jump through things that we can't even conceptualized yet because we we just don't have the technology like i really want you to think about that stop looking up at the skies whatever entities that you're seeing in the sky either they're human and and i've made this argument that they're just more advanced you know there are other civilizations on this planet that are more advanced than we are And they're not coming from space. They're not coming from out of space. They're not coming from millions of light years away. They're here right now. And maybe the ships that we see are just constructs that they use to jump realities. Okay? So I'm saying all that to say this. Well, I'm saying a few things. One. Is there a possibility that a future version of yourself could communicate with you? Yes. There could be a future right now 
there is a future right now where we have unlocked the ability to use our brains as a like a time machine and travel send our consciousness at this point the body isn't anything that's why i started this whole podcast telling you you need to detach from identification with your body it's just the vehicle it's your consciousness that matters and in that story recursion they basically deal with this I'm not going to spoil it, not in this episode. Maybe the next one I'll delve in into it deeply and then you can skip that if you haven't read Recursion um, or if you don't care. You just want to hear what I have to say. But what I said to my husband is I think I'm communicating, I think I'm communicating with my future self. I think that in the future, someone has developed the technology To send a person back along their own timeline. In the future, in a not too distant future, a technology has been developed that allows the human brain to act as a time machine. So up until now, up until you've listened to this podcast probably, you've imagined a time machine as like a DeLorean type of thing where you physically have to go through a car or whatever, and then speed through um, space to go back in time. That is primitive thinking, right? That's like the equivalent of a king thinking that in order to communicate with a person thousands of miles away using a black mirror, you would be scrying and it would be demonic. But we're doing that now. We're just using electronics. We're just using physics so when you watch a show that deals with time traveling it's always a machine where a person physically jumps through different points in time taking their present body and what I'm saying is time travel should not be relegated to space time travel would be relegated using or to with to time and you would utilize your consciousness and your pre-existing brain to travel along your memory to any point in time in your history that's just one ele- that would just be one element of travel There will also be, maybe not 50 years from now, let me reestablish the point I just made so that it it makes sense. So in about 50 years from now, remember this episode. You'll probably be still be alive. Maybe not in this reality that you're in right now. But that's, that's what's so beautiful about memory. It follows you everywhere. It follows you across the multiverse. So remember this. Remember I said it. 50 years from now, somebody will have developed a a machine, a technology that allows you, your consciousness, to travel back across your own timeline and to re-enter any point in your life, in your own personal life history that you would want to re-experience. 
there will also be maybe 100 years from now, maybe not, maybe 20 years from now, there will also be quantum time machines that utilizes wormhole, black hole, quantum computing, 5G technology, all of that, to take people back, not just to the future, or not just to the past, but project them to future realities. Because, bear in mind, we always look back and we think, okay, we can go back in time. We can remember your past. So we always kind of think about going past. We never really think, if I can rewind something, I can, always fa- I can also fast forward it. Look at a video, uh, a movie. If something is capable of going back, you can also go forward. We're limited now because we don't theoretically have the, technically have the ability to do so. So we always just think about going back because we, we remember. But if you can go backwards, you can also go forward. Okay, so there will be a separate machine that will allow people to travel to a future. Because bear in mind, time is the illusion. Time is not real. Time is not real. And to better understand that, read Recursion. Because that book was what solidified all the other things. It's interesting. It's funny to me that it took a fictional book to help me understand all of this non-fictional stuff that I've been reading, which tells you about the beauty and the power of storytelling. There, There will exist or there exists right now in the future... There exists right now in the future a machine that allows humanity, and you don't, you have to be detached from the body, but will allow humanity to travel, not just to the past, but also to the future, which is actually, you know, I just had a thought now, like, Blending the two, right? Like, okay, if they're, let's say, in my lifetime, that's what what I'm experiencing now, right? So in my lifetime, through my memories, I'm I'm an old woman. I'm an 80-year-old woman, and I'm hooked up to this machine, and I'm talking to my present self now and directing myself to read these books. The reason why I believe that is because, and I think I mentioned this in in, in one of my episodes in this in this podcast. Um, where I said, you know, four or five years ago, I, I, I've always left to paint. But for whatever reason, I would put it off. And I would maybe do one painting a year. Maybe. Sometimes two. And then one day, um, about three, four years ago, I had some issues with my sight. Um, and then I had a vision. It just kind of popped into my mind of myself in a room alone, very old. And the walls were empty. And this was, like I said, four, three, four years ago, before I really started experiencing all the things that I've been talking to you guys about, experiencing um, like time out of a loop or whatever. Um, and I saw myself, an old woman in a room by myself, like getting ready basically to die. And there was nothing around me and there were no paintings. That was one thing that I noticed. It was like there was no paintings. And I said, oh my God, I don't want that future. I, I don't want to regret not using my abilities. I don't want to regret, like, God forbid something happens and I can't see. And instead of using my my ability, 
you know, when I was able to, I was dicking around on like social media or whatever. And, um, and so I just started painting like a fiend. And now I maybe take a day off, maybe two days off a week, maybe, maybe on a good week. But for the most part, I paint every single day and I'm just putting out piece after piece after piece. And when I started doing that, I had another vision and that future version of myself had changed. And at this time, as I was old, um, my room was bright and colorful and surrounded by art. And I was also surrounded by people that I loved, you know, that had came, came to say goodbye. And so my, my vision of the future, it's I've changed. Now, I've never really had something like that before at the time. And I just thought maybe I was just imagining it. But as my experiences have unraveled over the last uh, couple of years, I'm wondering if my future self was trying to communicate something to me to say, we don't want this. Like, let's, let's do something, do something different to change this, right? Like, not even communicating. Perhaps my future self literally just came back and hijacked the body and just started driving my actions. Paint, paint, paint. And when we think of these sort of drives, we think of it as, okay, well, it just came to me or I had an idea. And we never really ask ourselves, well, where does that idea come from? You know, how can you say that you have freedom if you're not even aware of what these, you know, what is driving your behavior, right? And so maybe it wasn't just an imagination. Maybe it wasn't just a, quote, vision. Maybe it was my actual future had I continued down that particular timeline and by somehow being able to glimpse that, I was able to, in a way, retroactively go back and maybe that's what's happening now. I know these are difficult concepts, but I feel like if you're listening to this, it's resonating with you on some level. And I know that just merely bringing it up to your attention, you're going to start making certain observations too in your life. I, I just know that. So I have to just speak my truth because I know that people need to hear this. There's somebody out there, some people out there that are going through and have been going through what I'm going through. I can't be the only one. I'm not the only one. So I'm putting this out there for you. It could be argued that obviously if, if all the time is happening at once, then I'm already dead. We all die. So if all of time is happening at once, we've already died. Probably a lot. And because this is a, a simulation, because life isn't, quote, real the way we've been programmed to believe it is, it's not that hard to conceptualize being able to travel back through time and influence your life. Influence your own life. And so I want to go back to the technologies and kind of tie everything all together. One, what we think of as extraterrestrials, they're not going to be coming from space. They're going to be coming through time. They're going to be traveling through wormholes. It's just a more efficient way to travel than taking a slow-ass spaceship. Just because you've been programmed by Star Trek and Star Wars to think that that's an efficient way to travel, you know, it's not. And I would argue that they're already here. And I would argue that they've been here. Um, I would also argue that a lot of the technology that we have, not only have they been salvaged from 
you know, crashed entities, which some people have argued that these machines that crash were not really accidents, like they were donations. Um, They wanted us to have this technology so that they can then utilize the technology to steer us into a different path, to steer humanity down a particular, uh, to a different, to an alternate timeline, particularly this specific timeline. Um, Could people in our future be influencing our present? I think, yes. I think if you're not paying attention to everything that's been going on, um, you should be. Um, Because if you start understanding that, then everything starts making sense. If I'm telling you that I am capable, the future version of myself is capable of and is influencing my present behavior, then I guarantee you that all of these sort of innovations that we're seeing, you know, people say, for example, Einstein, Newton, all of these great thinkers said that a lot of the revelations of the theories that they discovered, they didn't discover by thinking. It came to them, quote unquote, in a dream. It came to them after they woke up from a nap. It came to them as they were taking a shower. And nobody stops to ask, like, where is this coming from? Well, clearly it would come from somebody who has the experience and wants you to benefit. So it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a way of your future, more or less, influencing your, your, your past. And I guarantee if you sat and were able to sit and talk to these people, they would say basically what I've been saying to you, you know, in the, in the, in the past, which is, um, I feel like it's me communicating with myself. You know, some people, other people have tried to attribute these sort of revelations to, you know, other life forms or, you know, aliens or whatever. But yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. I don't want to even delve about that. I want to speak specifically for yourself. Can you communicate with your, can your future self communicate with you? Yes. Try it. I don't know what that looks like for you. I, I think what it, what it looked like for me, it was just keeping my mind open and not dismissing coincidences. And when I noticed something that was a coincidence, um, I would pay attention to that. And then it would, things would sort of build up off of that experience. And then deja vu. It was kind of a reminder, like, okay, I've experienced this before. So there's that. Um, are these aliens a hybrid of humanities blending with AI to then retroactively who have I should say who have then retroactively come back to time through time to ensure that maybe we make different changes or to ensure that we facilitate the development of AI yeah could future versions of humanity be literally a complete different species than the beings that we see right now of course Why wouldn't it be? I mean, people have said, for example, the way they depict Christ, right? He's always, you know, tall and European for some reason. Um, but the height is what I want to focus on. 
uh, people 2,000 years ago were definitely not as tall as the average human being is now. So that's a marked change from, you know, the way we are now. Even something as simple as the way we perceive color, there's been, there's been arguments to say that people in the past were incapable of seeing the color blue. Except for the Egyptians. I think I mentioned this in previous episodes too. So past versions of humanity, and not that long ago, like 2,000 years ago, looked drastically different, drastically different, and vastly different. (laughs) I merged those two words together. Uh, Look vastly different than our present selves. So what do you think 2,000 years from now humanity is going to look like? Maybe not across our timeline, but you have to stop limiting yourself to one, a limited, uh, a linear perception of reality, and two, uh, uh, a universe, because there's multiverses. So that means that somewhere, they, even if we destroy ourselves in this timeline, we're gonna, our, our consciousness can not only travel along its own timeline, but it can jump to alternate timelines. It can go back in the moment of death when DMT is released. We can utilize that I don't know what DMT is, and I'd argue most people don't, even the scientists that are talking about that. But at the moment of death, could utilize that to go back to a moment of time and make a little, a different change. And therefore, by changing one thing, by making a different choice, jump to a parallel reality or jump to an alternate timeline. And it could be argued that a lot of the things that we're experiencing now, like with the um, Mandela effect, specifically in the sun being white um, instead of yellow now, um, that somebody's already doing this. Somebody has already done this. Even Trump winning, I would argue somebody went back. And I joked about this. Like I I'd said that maybe when Hillary became president, she brought, a, brought a, she brought about World War III. And so we had to go back and choose, you know, the alternative, which was Trump, and just make it so that he won. Because even Trump was surprised that he won. And on the day of elections, and I've said this before, on election day, I, uh, I experienced massive amounts of deja vu, massive amounts of deja vu. And when you go and you read that recursion, like everything kind of clicks. So I'm saying, you know, 50 years from now, I'm communicating with myself right now there's a 50 year old not a 50 year old there's an 80 year old version of me that's talking to me not verbally but guiding my actions and my choices but i'm not saying that that technology is waiting 50 years to exist i'm saying that that technology already exists it's just being made public maybe 50 years from now but if you look to see the things that are happening that aren't making any sense you know and obviously the popular Names pop up, Google CERN, what they're doing. Google D-Wave, quantum computers, they're dealing with parallel universes. They're communicating with computers in parallel, um, com- um, parallel universes right now. This shit is possible right now and has probably been possible for a while. 
So are aliens, and, and I've said that, you know, aliens are from right here, but I want to take that step further. Are aliens just earthlings from the future who have kind of morphed into something else? You know, and they can manipulate matter with the knowledge that they have, or they can even travel into other people's bodies. We call it possessions, but imagine all of these things that we see in sci-fi. If you really think about that, a lot of these things are possible. Maybe not to you, but if you have a good understanding of physics, a lot of these things are possible. Like for the TV show Altered Carbon, they show where a person can transfer their consciousness into other people's, like into other bodies, and they call the body sleeves. Now, they don't throw in the element of, of time travel into their, at least not going back. It's usually, you know, you can time jump. But if, imagine all of these things being possible. Not only could I travel across, you know, back and forth on my own timeline, my own life, right, and make different changes, you know, take over my own body, have my consciousness enter my body at different points in my life story, and then make different choices to affect different outcome over and over again. But imagine, you know, I always wondered why they stored people's brains, like the brains of geniuses like in glass jars, but what if, you know, that's something where you can hook the, their brain and kind of transfer, take somebody, like let's say, let's say a DARPA agent, right? And let's say they have the brain of, I don't know, Einstein, right? And they connect the two and this person uploads their consciousness into the brain of Einstein, enters into his timeline, goes back in time gives him the necessary, quote, inspires him with the necessary formulas to develop a lot of the, you know, physics uh, discoveries that they had and they discovered back in 19, uh, in the 1940s, thus ensuring that the U.S. and the Allies won the Second World War. Like that's something that they're capable of doing now, perhaps, perhaps. I mean, and that could just be like a clumsy, you know, version of it. And maybe they started with that, you know, using just matter, using brain, but then they shifted to just straight up using whatever the fuck they're doing at CERN with whatever the fuck they're doing at D-Wave, combining the technologies And jumping into parallel universes, learning stuff, and then coming back, going, going back in time across one person's timeline, maybe finding somebody who's old enough, or perhaps even young enough to remember their previous lives, right? And then access that, go back and change things to ensure a particular outcome. Anyway, I know a lot of the stuff... <laughs> 
is like mind blowing. It's definitely mind blowing for me too. Um, but I, I really, 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 really want you to think different. Start looking at everything, not in this boring nine to five bullshit day to day stuff that we're, ex- you know, we've been programmed to believe. All of that is a lie. Everything, even our maps are a lie. Like, even our maps are a lie. I'm not going to delve into, into that because it's already a long episode. I just encourage you to, I don't want to say do your research because when you tell people research, they think about college and then their minds shut off. Just go to DuckDuckGo or Google, DuckDuckGo or Google and just type shit in. Just Google shit. DuckDuckGo shit. That's a dumb name, by the way. <laughs> but, like, look stuff up. Read, find out for yourself. And so if, if, if they can lie to us about the things that they lie to us about, what makes you think all the other stuff you believe is true? It's convenient for them to get us to believe in a particular constructive narrative of reality while they are able to manipulate the world, manipulate time, manipulate matter, manipulate space. Unchallenged and unquestioned because your programmed belief keeps you from being able to conceptualize what they're able to do. Like one of my friends was like, well, if this is something that's possible, why, would, why wouldn't they just tell us? Like, why would they fucking tell us? Think about the shit that they lied. It was just about now, like with the whole coronavirus <laughs> And how they mass manipulated people. Like, the media's job is not to inform us. The media's job is to control us, is to force us to believe a particular narrative. It's not in their incentive. It does not benefit them to tell us the truth. So they're not going to. They're not here. The news is not here to, ed- to educate, the news is here and exists as propaganda to program so they aren't going to tell us shit you need to read books pay the money read the books understand what's going on for yourself think outside the box challenge any preconceived notions that you might have instead of waiting for the news to spoon feed you information the book is called recursion it's by blake crouch Read it, listen to it, blow your own fucking mind.